0: Welcome to Inside the Hive. I am your host, Nick Bilton, and we have with us, as promised last week, the one, the only, the Emily Jane Fox. Emily? I'm
1: honored to be back again. Let
0: me just say that. You're honored to be back again. Uh, uh, I'm honored to have you. Um, I'm going to jump right in. We're not going to waste any time this week. Uh, Is Donald Trump going to jail? I don't
1: know that he's going to jail, right? Because... Justice Department rules say that, well, pretty unambiguously say that you can't indict a sitting president. But last week felt like the first time where I said to myself, oh, something could actually be happening here. This is is not just people saying, oh, yeah, he's guilty. It really felt like there was proof that not only has he done bad things, but he could potentially be in some real legal trouble for for doing those bad things
0: so it's it's really fascinating so Every day, there's like some new breaking news kind of thing. And um, and my family members are always like, this is it. He's going to be impeached. He's going to, you know, not go mm-hmm. to jail, of course, but messing around. But like, you know, this is it. This is going to be the fall of Trump and, and so on. And this has been going on for, I think, about three years now, um, ever since he started running and, and won and so on. And every single time, I'm like, this is not it. Nothing's going to happen. But like you just said, like this this stuff that came down last week with Cohen turning on him, with um you know the doorman and the CFO and all these different people it felt like for the first time that you that one of the pieces of spaghetti has finally stuck against the wall so the question i have is how do you think let's just look at cohen for a minute and who is yeah. someone that you've written about a lot how does this play out with Cohen? Does he does he sit with Mueller and go and 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 say something that will end up leading Mueller to indict the president in some way, or, or how does it how does it all come together?
1: I don't know what more is to come from Cohen. I think a lot of it is up in the air, but a lot of it is what we've already seen happen with him. Uh, he's been sort of a sitting duck since the FBI executed its search warrants in April, a lot of what he's been doing since then has been wondering what the charges could be and when they would come down. Uh, and, and very clearly signaling that he would be willing to cooperate before those charges came down. But what ended up happening was that the FBI, at least from my reporting, the way I understand it was that um, prosecutors in the Southern district of New York here came to him uh Less than a week before he ended up pleading guilty, and said, basically, you have a couple of days to tell us everything you know. And right before the weekend, Cohen was 100% convinced that he was going to be arrested that Monday or Tuesday. Uh, what ended up happening was an intense few days of discussions between his attorney and prosecutors in the Southern District. And what ended up happening was that he pleaded guilty. He really did not want to do a perp walk. He did not want his kids to see him do a perp walk. At one point he was joking to people that he would have rather taken a baseball chair down to the courthouse uh, in the middle of the night waiting to be arrested there so they couldn't take him out of his house and, and do a whole thing in front of um, you know, cameras out, outside of his house with handcuffs and everything. Um, so they didn't give him really a chance to cooperate at the get-go. Uh, that doesn't mean that he couldn't now cooperate to lessen his sentence, and it doesn't mean that he can't now talk to Mueller. Uh, as people who are very familiar with what he knows and what he could have to offer, have told me in recent days, is there's nothing that Mueller... Doesn't know that Cohen knows at this point. Now, could he be a corroborating witness to some of the things that Mueller knows? Absolutely. And that, that does make him valuable. Uh, it is a valuable thing to be a corroborating witness. But it's not my sense or my reporting that he's going to bring Mueller a smoking gun that, that Mueller has no idea about and that nobody that Mueller has already interviewed didn't know about.
0: So can you explain that, that this is one of the things that I think a lot of people get confused about. There's the Mueller investigation uh, into Trump and and the family and so on um, and Russia meddling. And then there's the SDNY, uh, Southern District of New York. How did, did – did, does Mueller and the Southern District – do they talk to each other or did the Southern District go after Cohen on their own? How did this all – come about where it was Southern District that ended up arresting uh, or charging um, Cohen versus Mueller doing it?
1: So there's still a little bit of a mystery as to why Mueller handed this down to Southern District of New York. But Mueller, Mueller came across something in his investigation and passed it along to the SDNY. Now, it is unclear why he did that. It's possible that he did that because he wanted to protect part of the investigation should he get fired. So if the Mueller investigation is somehow in jeopardy down the line, if Donald Trump decides to, for instance, fire Jeff sessions and someone comes in and shuts the whole thing down or, or Rosenstein is fired, uh, and, and he is not protected. Southern district is separate. Now they are both under the same justice department. So, Uh, These are equally as serious investigations that are going, and it seems that they are going in somewhat of a parallel track, but they are separate. And and it is very difficult for the president to shut down what is going on in the Southern District. So whatever they, they are investigating in the Southern District right now, it's Michael Cohen, whether or not that expands beyond Cohen into the Trump Organization or to different people in the Trump Organization, Um, that is protected more than, say, Robert Mueller's investigation. So there are some who theorize that that is why Mueller handed this down. But like everything related to the Mueller investigation, it is a mystery until hopefully one day it will not
0: be. So it's interesting you bring up SDNY um, and what the president cannot and cannot shut down. So in the last couple of weeks, we've seen Barbara Underwood, who's the New York attorney general, uh, talk about, to i mean a lot, a lot of this seems like it's a game of chess that's playing out 10 moves ahead but we're kind of seeing we're seeing what that 10th move is even though we're still on that first move and so barbara underwood uh, just realized that trump could easily uh, uh, pardon Manafort or even Cohen um, if, if he ends up going to jail, uh, except if it were a state crime and because the president can't uh, pardon people for state yeah. crimes. Uh, and so she's now talking about charging some of these people with state level crimes. Um, is that mean that there's going to be a whole separate thing that's going to happen? Uh, or is this all kind of tied into the SDNY stuff with Cohen?
1: Look, there could be separate things. There are are potentially things that attorney general or or different state bodies could look into when it comes to Cohen. He pleaded guilty last week to five counts of federal tax evasion. Uh, It's unlikely that he didn't also evade state taxes. So there's a real case there. Uh, If there's uh, a, a way that they handled the... Uh, federal election laws, as as Cohen pleaded guilty to again last week, then that is also a state issue that they could look into as well. Now, they're also looking into Trump organization uh, financing and and Trump... the The charitable organization as well, and Cohen has intimate knowledge of all of those things. So yes, there is definitely a way that the state could be looking into things related to Cohen and to Trump business practices and philanthropic practices in general. It's my sense that Cohen is not looking for a pardon because because of that? Uh, that well, it's one part of that. Um, if Cohen gets pardoned, a federal pardon from the president, what that means is that he could be subpoenaed to testify, and he would no longer be able to plead the fifth. So he would have to um, testify, and he couldn't plead the fifth. He would have to come clean about everything. And then he would be admitting to state crimes. So it doesn't necessarily help him. Um, Now, there is one lawyer pointed out to me last week that he could technically plead the fifth if he was going to be charged with state crimes but it's all murky and and I don't think that that's something he wants to bank on that's that's not yeah. something that he's interested in And plus there's such bad blood between him and the president right now and and not only the president but the president's family that you know the president's a vindictive guy he's not someone who lets go of things and so this is not someone who's rushing to Michael Cohen's aid right now. And Michael Cohen is frankly not really speaking it.
0: So you you know Cohen and you spent time with him. Is he I mean, if I were someone that could essentially take down Donald Trump, I probably wouldn't sleep be sleeping very well at night. I'd be worried that someone would be sneaking into my home and trying to make sure that I didn't do anything, uh, threatening yes. my family. I mean, like you, who knows? I mean, it's, you know, it's not conspiracy theory stuff like, like Trump is, has got a pretty insane reputation. Um, and, yeah. uh, is, is Colin worried?
1: You know, it's funny you say that there are a couple of people I know who are not, not Cohen included, but a couple of other people who I, Uh, speak to regularly as sources who used to be in the Trump orbit, who were um, let go or left on not great terms. And they're all sort of uh, paranoid about um, people watching them and and things that could happen to them, not just because of what the president and people on his orbit can do, but because of his supporters and how rabid they are. Uh, so mm. there is a little bit of a concern. I would say the thing, Michael Cohen's a terrible sleeper. Uh, I interviewed him actually my one year anniversary of my first interview with him, which is a momentous occasion is on Happy anniversary. Saturday. I think I know, I know. Um, what's a, what's the gift for a first year anniversary paper? Oh, <laughs> I figure that out. <laughs> nice. I feel like it's a big paper trail here. Um, yeah. So in that interview, and then in the days leading up to the interview, I talked to him a bunch of times. I remember him telling me, I was just going back and listening to the recording of the interview for a story I'm working on, and I asked him if he was sleeping, and he said, I never sleep, I'm a terrible sleeper, I only get a couple hours a night, and I said to him at the time, oh, you're like your boss, and it was a, a thing of great pride for him to be compared to Donald Trump. Now, he's not sleeping because of his former boss. Um... You know, he just—he's very worried about what this, what this is going to mean for his family, what this is going to mean for his finances. Uh, he's on the verge of spending years in prison, and once you get out of prison, you're not going to be a lawyer, you're not going to be a consultant, uh, you're not going to have what he had for the last decade, which is this proximity to Donald Trump and Donald Trump being a name that people respected and wanted to be around and wanting to do business with. And so he just turned 52 over the weekend and he's staring down the prospect of the rest of his life with no real way to make money going forward. And, and so all of those things combined are not really making for a great sleep schedule for him.
0: Ugh. Well, <clears throat> I mean, it's hard to feel bad for the guy considering
1: exactly. he, he, he how... literally pleaded guilty in federal court last week to eight, crimes that could lead up to 65 years in prison. Uh, And it is my understanding that if he did not plead guilty, one of the reasons he did was that there could have been a whole host of other charges. So who knows what he has actually done or witnessed or been part of. So yes, there's not a a tremendous amount of sympathy there, but uh, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting to watch in real time someone that you cover very closely going from you know, I met him last summer in the Hamptons. and He was wearing a gold Audemars and driving a Range Rover and planning lavish vacations. And in the span of a year, because of things that he has chosen to do, but mostly because of his proximity to Trump, I mean, he's, he's a guy who's going to have to sell everything and spend potentially years in prison. And it's just it's such a crazy thing to watch happen up close. Uh, and I was in the jury box last week in court. And so got a, I got a great view of his face, and uh, it's just such a, a weird thing to watch, uh, such a, mm-hmm. a fall in such a short amount of time.
0: Well, it's also, I mean, on the the flip side of it, it's such a weird thing to watch the rise of the Trumps. I mean, if you if – you, one of the things I find so fascinating, if you go back to Donald Trump's tweets from literally three years and a day before he decided to run for president, I mean, these were things that were – they were getting like five retweets and and four likes and like two people (laughs) replying to tell him to go fuck himself. Like it, this was not, no one was engaging with this guy, you know? And then next thing you know, he's the president of the United States and you can look, I mean, if you go and you look at any of the kids' social media feeds, it's not, no one was looking. Um, And, and they were, they were, they were big fish in, in a tiny little New York pond. And, uh, and I think that um, it's, if there's one thing that all of this stuff shows is just how rapidly and how quickly it, it all changes. So, okay, so speaking theory. of the rapid, the rapid and quickness of, of change, uh, Donnie Jr. So a lot of people think that Donnie Jr. will end up being indicted. What is your theory on this?
1: From all the smart, in-the-know people I talk to, that is a grave concern. Um, to the president. It seems like it is very possible that that would happen. He's just too wrapped up in one of the major things that seems to be obvious, um, collusion or conspiracy or whatever you want to call it. And it seems just impossible that his father didn't know about that. So not only is he in trouble, but what he did is getting potentially his father in trouble as well. And Uh, It does not seem like they cover their tracks in a way – look, these are are bad criminals. If they broke the law, these are people who are not good at doing it. And so it seems pretty obvious that they're going to get in trouble for what they allegedly did wrong. And there is a great sense among people who know them pretty well and are familiar with this process – that he is in no way, shape or form in the clear. What's interesting to me, and I think about this all the time, is what will the president do if his son is in trouble?
0: Well, yeah, completely. That's the thing I think about all it's like it it's I've always you know you and I have talked about this on, on the show before and we've talked to John Kelly yeah. about it and, and the thing that I've you know that the the thing that has always concerned me the most is the the Trump's would never suffer the consequences of their actions. You know, Ivanka Trump waltzes around in, in this kind of never-ever land where when, when she was partially responsible for all those kids being separated from their parents at the border for doing absolutely nothing and saying nothing about it. You know, it's – Trump has but, destroyed – But then m-
1: she gets heralded for basically saying um, – Yes, of course. It was a low point for me.
0: Yeah. Because it's yeah.
1: about her, right? It wasn't a low yes. point for the children in cages – or their parents yeah. separate. No. It was a low point for her.
0: But the thing that's so frustrating about all of this has always been that they never seemed like they were going to suffer any consequences, and and it seems like it it would be so Shakespearean if the consequence is that Donnie Jr. does end up getting indicted. I mean, Trump, I can't even comprehend what he would do. It would be it would be amazing to watch. I, I have to I have to admit. Uh, so it, it it I think that's probably why people can't stop talking about it.
1: I mean, it's am- it's amazing. Look, I I wrote a book about the family and about the dynamic, and particularly the the kids' relationships with their father and their father's relationship with the kids. And it doesn't seem to me, from any of my reporting, that at least when it comes to Don Jr., that I don't know. I I it's a jump ball for me for whether or not I believe the president would save try and save his kid if it meant risking his own legacy or his own survival. Like, I just don't know. If you ask me about any other father in the world you or anybody if they would save their kid before they save themselves I would say no question. But like It is a true toss up for me if I think they no, that's a really good junior.
0: That's a really good point. I haven't thought about that. Uh, my guess is that he would have a hard time making that decision but it's like Succession, have, have you been have watching Succession? Exactly, have yeah. Have you been watching, yeah, and, and the father clearly would happily throw his son under the bus, the, the show it's on it's HBO, it's it's of course... It's a very course.
1: good, yeah, it's a very good point. You're listening to Inside the Hive with Nick
0: Bilton. Are you struggling to get sleep? Probably because you listen to this podcast and watch CNN and read the news and follow Donald Trump on Twitter. Well, the fine people at Mattress Firm want to help you. Mattress Firm is here to help when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. The people who work there are Mattress experts. They are the kinds of people that know everything there is to know about a mattress and they can help you build your bed from headboard to adjustable bases to sheets. They even know bedroom decor, amazing, beautiful bedroom decor. They've got you covered literally and figuratively. Plus, if you go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast, you can save 10% with the code podcast10. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-1-0. Once again, that's mattressfirm.com slash podcast. You get 10% off with the code podcast10. That's podcast one ST10. Mattress Firm will offer you a 120-night sleep trial, so if you find you're not sleeping great on your new mattress, which you will be, they'll give you your money back. They also offer a 120-night low-price guarantee, so you know you paid the perfect price for your perfect, perfect mattress. Once again, go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast, enter the code podcast10. You can also check them out in stores nationwide. They have 3,000 of them uh, and you'll still get your 10% savings. It is a great, great company. They offer the best mattresses out there and they will help you sleep better. Um, okay, so let's go back to Donnie Jr. for a second. So if he is indicted, um, does that, he's obviously not going to turn on his dad. Uh, does that mean that there's a world in which Donnie Jr. could go to jail for lying to the FBI? Sure.
1: Not only could he have lied to, I mean, I don't know that he's talked to the FBI. He definitely has talked to Congress, right? Um, and I, I don't know that we know what's in his testimony, but it seems pretty clear that in his testimony, he said he didn't, or maybe we do know this—that uh, that he didn't talk to his father about the meeting, and um, that that it was just about Russian adoption. Um, so yes, he—he, he, it is a crime to lie to Congress under oath. And he testified under oath that his father didn't know about that. So, yes, that that is potentially a crime. Um, But that is probably the least of his worries when it comes to to criminal behavior. And look, you have you have the Russia stuff. Right. But you also have Mm -hmm. Esteeana White sniffing around. You have Michael Cohen, who's waving a red flag, saying, let me cooperate. Let me cooperate. Michael Cohen, of all the kids, probably worked closest with Don Jr., now, yeah. what's interesting to me with the Cohen stuff, and they, of all the silly things that Trumps have done, they played the Cohen stuff so bad. They, from the get-go, they should have been—if you're—if you're a smart crook, right? Um, I just want to emphasize, I've never broken any laws, but if I were to be a criminal, I would try to be a, a smart crook, and a smart crook would take someone that they knew. Knew bad things about them and bring them into their fold, right? You would you wouldn't do things to alienate that person. And from the get-go, when he was um, first, when it first came out that he was under criminal investigation, they immediately started alienating Cohen. Cohen was hearing almost immediately that Don Jr. and Jared and Giuliani were all bad mouthing him and trying to discredit him and leaking stories about him, and so any loyalty that he felt toward any of them. And he did feel a lot of loyalty. They went right out the door when he felt like, well, these people don't have my back. Why am I going to get in trouble to save theirs? And, and that's particularly true with Don jr. But he was the only one of the kids or even, um, senior that he actually socialized with. He and his wife actually socialized with, with Don jr. And so he felt like it was a big betrayal. And so if Don Jr's done anything wrong, and Michael Cohen had a front row seat to it because he worked with him for more than a decade, then I would be a little bit worried.
0: No, absolutely. Okay, so Cohen's not the only person that has flipped on the president and the family and so on. There's the CFO um, of the Trump organization, and there's the doorman, too, that has now come out. Can you tell us a little about these two things and – and what the potential implications of this are. I find the doorman story the most fascinating because there could be some illegitimate child out there, which is, you know, perfect for the soap opera we're talking about. But, it's but true. tell us what this means and what it could mean if things continue down the path that they're going.
1: So there is this, this trump Tower doorman who's come forward saying that there is an, an illegitimate child uh, that Donald Trump at some point fathered. I don't know that this is true, and I don't know that this is in any way, shape, or form going to be relevant. But the Alan Weisselberg, who is the Trump org CFO, the fact that he got immunity in the SDNY, it, that to me was like the biggest moment in in a huge week last week, and, and in the past three years, that that was the first signal to me where I was like, wow, this is something is actually happening right now. Uh, and I'll tell you why. So Alan Weisselberg has been with the Trump organization since... Fred Trump, since Donald Trump's father uh, was running the business. So he knows where every dollar and every cent has gone for decades and decades and decades. Uh, I, I think from the reporting, what we know is that Alan Weisselberg was only granted immunity in the Cohen case in y as far as we know. So last week, there was a ton of speculation that Weisselberg was granted immunity, and that meant that he was going to dish about all the money that had gone in and out of the Trump organization, which could implicate the president in any number of ways. It seems like it's much more limited in scope that uh, because Weisselberg seems to be the person who paid out the money to different women who were alleging affairs in the run up to the election, that at that violated campaign finance laws and so in order to talk about that in order to get him to not see the fifth they granted him immunity in the cohen case to be able to share what he knew and in a way implicate um michael cohen in that case i don't know that it was a blanket immunity where he shared more now could that expand if the fdny expands what they investigate is the fdny already investigating other things that that uh, Weisselberg could be helpful with? Possibly. I don't know. Um, so so it, it's unclear where this will go going forward. But Weisselberg still works in the Trump organization. The Trump organization is still run by Don Jr. and Eric. And now they all know that Weisselberg was granted immunity and told things that implicated Michael Cohen. And Michael Cohen stood up in court and implicated President Trump last week saying that he directed him to make those payments, which is a crime. And so it must not be a cozy week in Trump Tower on the 25th and 26th floor in the Trump Organization offices.
0: Or in the White House. But yeah, uh, exactly. we will see. So. Uh, putting a, I, I, the illegitimate child part is still fascinating to me because it could actually be someone we know, maybe who knows. But we'll put that aside. That's uh, going to be fun for the, for the soap opera. It could be. I don't think it could be me. How long ago did it happen? I'm forty two. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's true, but probably probably not me. Um, okay. Also, I'm British, so it would have had to. There'd be some weird stuff. Maybe they put me on a plane. Unlikely, but inland. I'm going
1: to
0: hang on to the idea. Yeah, we're going to hang on to the idea. Um, all right, so I, I want to know what's what's going on with, with the Mueller investigation. And the thing that I'm really fascinated by is two things. Is one is that um, – Trump keeps talking about these 16 angry Democrats, even though a couple of them are actually Republicans. Uh, Most of James them, Quarles, yeah. yeah uh, James Qualls uh, donated to Republicans, worked with Republicans, Aaron Zelensky. Mueller's a uh,
1: Republican.
0: Mueller's a Republican. Like it just, It's just weird that he keeps calling them the 16 angry Democrats or 17 angry, angry Democrats, depending on how, how many there are that day. But but um, uh, the the thing that's so fascinating is – that they that that this constant drip it's not there's never there hasn't been even a a large drip it's just been little tiny drips of things and this investigation has been going on for well over a year now it um uh, it's very clear that they've spoken to everyone they know more about this than anyone knows including the people involved Do you think that there's going to be – is this going to be a continual little drip until after the midterms, and if the Democrats win, then the floodgates open? Do you think it's going to be before the midterms? How do you think this kind of plays out as far as when we finally start to see some of these things come to fruition from all this investigation?
1: Well, I think we're going to be in a little bit of a slower period until midterms. I don't think – under. DOJ guidelines, Mahler kinda of has to cool his heels a little bit until after the election so it's not to seem like he's trying to influence things. It's it's the, what Comey should have done before the twenty sixteen election. Yep. So I, I don't think we're gonna see any major indictment. I don't think we're gonna see unless it happens before Friday. Maybe it will. Uh I don't I don't think we're gonna see a Don Junior indictment come down. I don't think we're gonna see anything major like that. That doesn't mean that Mueller and his team of 17 angry Democrats are not going to, they're just going to like put up their pencils and, and twiddle their thumbs for three months. I think that they could be doing a lot of things behind the scenes um, or, you know, who knows what they're going to be doing. But but nothing major will happen between September and, and the election. But I don't, uh, that doesn't mean that things could continue to drip out about what's been going on the last year or so. Uh, and I, I, I think that if the Democrats take the House in the election, I don't know that we see any, any like precipitous uh, ramp up of what we know at that point. I think Mueller is going to continue doing what he's been doing this entire time. It doesn't mean that because they are not a team, of 17 angry Democrats, as the president had liked to call them. I don't think that anything about his, his investigation changes at all. I think the impetus to do something when that investigation finishes, whether it's Mueller giving them a report and, and Congress deciding what to do or whatever it is that Mueller decides, uh, I think that the chance that something could happen from the investigation is certainly more likely than if the Dems don't pull it out and don't take the House. But I think Mahler continues, as Mahler's always been doing, because it is not actually a partisan investigation. You're listening to Inside the Hive with Nick Bilton.
0: Did you know that the stuff they put in fragrances today is actually really not very good for you? There's plastics and chemicals and things that you should not be putting on your skin. But I'm here to tell you today about a company that's bringing the feeling back into fragrance called Fleur. P-H-L-U-R sounds like the salt, of course instead of testing scent strips and things like that or walking into a department store and having someone spray you with something you really don't want to be sprayed with, you go to Fleur's website and you look at some pictures and words and things like that and they will be able to tell you based on the things that you like which scents will work perfectly for you. I have no idea how it works. It's some sort of magic that they wouldn't tell you how it works but it is incredible. You can actually then try Fleur scents at home and you're in the privacy of your own home you don't have to deal with with lunatics spraying you with things, and each Fleur scent is created by world-class perfumers. And the best part of all of this is that it's all healthy. It's really, really good for you, and they're completely transparent as a fragrance company. They tell you every ingredient. There's no secrets, no nasty ingredients, no BS. It's great. So if you go to Fleur.com today and use the promo code HIVE, that's H-I-V-E, you can get 20% off your custom Flur sample set. Pick three scents to try and get credit towards a full-size bottle of your favorite. That's promo code HIVE, H-I-V-E, at Fleur.com, P-H-L-U-R.com, to try three Fleur fragrances of your choice at 20% off. Fleur.com, P-H-L-U-R.com, 20% off with the code HIVE. Last week, we had Sessions who uh, came out and said that he wouldn't uh, stop the investigation. Is that Sessions' Sessions way of saying— I know. Well, was that his way of saying, uh, screw you, Trump, for calling me all those names in public and being such an asshole? Or is it that Sessions believes that the investigation should continue? I mean, what's so interesting about Sessions that I don't understand is he recused himself uh on day one um and right. it seemed like he didn't really have to do that um as, as you I, saw, like I do he did, believe I think
1: he did have to do that i think he did have you to do that. i think yes yes i mean he was he was having meetings with russian officials during the campaign in transition when he was a transition figure like
0: but wasn't it too rant it, it was, wasn't it just like two meetings it, and it wasn't like they were set up where they were like, come to the hotel and meet us upstairs on the, f-. that's Maybe a really bad Russian were. accent, but like.
1: You don't know. That's a
0: accent, well, I that's a good accent Russian accent, I can't yeah. do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that we are, you are, I'm. I'm witnessing you have, you've been, like you've, you've, you've gotten too much of the poison where now it's like you don't realize that that's actually wrong. Sitting Congress people don't meet with Russians. People who are part of presidential campaigns or transitions don't meet with Russian officials. Like in this world that we're living in right now, that seems pretty innocuous. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But in the past normal democratic society that we lived in where people were, where people were aware of the fact that Russian, Russia is actually our enemy, and shouldn't be involved in our elections. Like that is not good. So he should have recused himself. That's a good point. You're
0: this. you're totally right. I'm just I, as as Trump's illegitimate son potentially. I am just defending him. So you're an, I apologize you're now. Uh, okay. So what happened? Why did why did uh, Sessions decide to 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 slap back publicly too at, at Trump? Was it was it a you know screw you or was it a this is the law, even though he doesn't necessarily feel like he believes in the law, unless it's something he believes in. I'm talking about session. So, yeah. w- w- what 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 was this?
1: I don't know. This this like sessions got his groove back moment doesn't necessarily yeah. square with me because the president has been publicly berating and belittling him for months now. So why and saying the exact same thing? It wasn't like the president was berating him and saying something different about the justice department than he's said over the last year. So I don't know why that moment was a moment where he decided to say something. I don't know if he's just had enough. Uh, I don't know if he feels like I'm actually going to leave after midterms or or this fall and so I may try and go out on a high note. Uh that's probably the most likely scenario is that there's a light at the end of the tunnel now for Jeff sessions. And so he's starting to have this sort of rehabilitation tour, but none of it is logical. And, and, and I don't know, maybe he reached his breaking point. That seems like a, a little bit unlikely to me. I just think he's, he's finally eyeing the exit and realizing, Oh shit, I have to actually have a life after this. And I want to be able to say that I stood up for myself at least once.
0: Well, I don't think he did stand up for himself, even even though he just did that one little thing. But we'll see how no. this all plays out. Um, all right, so you bought, you wrote the, the, the book, as, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Born Trump, and we had you on the show to talk about that. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Ivanka and Jared. So it seems like we... We get so excited by the person that's in the moment in the news that day or that week, uh, like Cohen or Manafort or even Donnie Jr. potentially being indicted, that we forget about the other monsters sometimes. And uh, there's a great uh, Instagram post that uh, that lovely Ivanka uh, put up. Was it today or yesterday? I, I can't. Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Um, uh, this week, we'll say for the podcast listeners, of, of Trump in the White House holding a, a jersey that says USA and Kushner on it, which is ironically kind of looks a little like a prison jersey, even though it's meant for the World Cup in 2026. Um, where are these two in all this? Are they, are they worried? Are they are people still looking at them? Is Jared, you know, he seems like he's broken more rules than anyone. Uh, what's going to happen with these two?
1: I would say, first of all, there, that photo of Kushner holding up the jersey, I don't know why, but it just tickles my funny bone in such a way that I, I'm, like, dying for that jersey. I'm trying to figure out what I can do to get that jersey. Like, should I get my own maid? I don't know. I, I really, really like this,
0: this photo. Um, we'll get get—we'll get you one as a gift for coming on Inside the Hive so much. I, I appreciate it.
1: Um, here's, here's where they've been. They've been in the White House. Um, they haven't took they haven't they didn't take a major um, European summer vacation this summer for the first time. Uh, they didn't go to sun Valley, the oh, poor illustrious invitation. I know it, it, it's funny. It's like, it, it definitely signifies how much their lives have changed uh, in, in the year and a half that they've been in the white house. They've been trying to work away this summer at uh, issues that no one should really take issue with. Like, um, bringing the World Cup to North America, or uh, on prison reform. Uh, Jared was part of the negotiation for NAFTA, which uh, we, we saw some movement on this week, even though it wasn't a full agreement. And the president decided to hold a press conference anyway. Um, Ivanka has been doing some stuff with—I uh, don't know—school-related with things. I don't—I don't, I don't know—childcare-related things. Uh, Both of them have been very public about what they're doing, even though the things that they're doing are very minor and small. And it's just so weird to me when I see her continuing to post like, I had a fantastic meeting with this lawmaker today on a day when like Michael Cohen is in court pleading guilty and implicating her father in a federal crime. And it just speaks to their ability to completely compartmentalize and to it's so delusional that they think, well, we're doing these things and no one's going to attach us to the stench of what else is going on. I, I just don't understand how they can get us and go to work every day and say, we're going to keep working on these things and no one's going to attach us to those other things. I I just don't. I just it's delusional.
0: No, it's it's what it's so fascinating because you see these pictures if you if you go to like the Daily Mail or any page six or any of those things you see these pictures of of Ivanka and Jared leaving their house in D.C. and it's always like mm-hmm. Ivanka wearing the X colored Y outfit and and oh look there's Jared wearing sneakers after a run and it's mm-hmm. and, and they always look like they always look so happy and and the, and that they're just people like us and although they're people like us with very expensive outfits on and mm-hmm. and i just i i it's it boggles my mind that they can be so disassociated from they live in I mean in Silicon Valley there's the, the term the famous Steve Jobs term of like the, the reality distortion field where yeah. he not only lived in a different reality but he created one by sucking you into his distortion field and changing your viewpoints on things but it seems like they live on a in a complete different galaxy distortion field they just seem so completely oblivious or is, is it all just an act
1: It's not, I don't think it's an act. I I do genuinely believe that they believe that. And there are people around them, their closest friends believe that as well, that they believe they're really there for the right reasons. And no, they don't agree with everything that's going on. And uh, that that they, you know, some of the darker sides of the administration or the investigation they think are wrong, but uh, they, they're really there to just do the right thing and to make Everything in the administration is as good as possible. Can you imagine if they weren't there what it would be like? That's the line that always gets repeated to me by people who are very close to them. As bad as it looks now, if they weren't there, it would be so much worse. And I, I genuinely believe that they believe that. But
0: I, I don't so understand how you
1: can have the, the – like, that's one thing. Like, the bad things that the administration does, whatever, you can do some sort of mental gymnastics if you have no moral core – to to get around those things, if you believe you're doing good on on other issues, but when you're watching this, your dad's lawyer who worked with you every day for ten years, and the CFO who knows where every dollar and cent went, getting immunity in that case, I don't understand how you're not thinking to yourself like, what are we going to do, and why are we still reporting to work here every day? Like, what is this, what is this? They're the only reason they went down there was to better themselves in the future, whether that meant, you know, Avonco running for office down the road or them coming back to New York and Jared being able to start a hedge fund with the connections he's made, whatever that meant, whatever they thought that would mean for their future, having this experience in Washington. Like, they have to know that that future doesn't exist anymore. They have to know that.
0: I don't think they do know that. You're listening to Inside the Hive with Nick Bilton. If you look at – going back to Ivanka's Instagram, if you look at any single post on there, it is, you know, 72,000 comments of, you know, probably 60%, 70% just vile people. I mean like people just calling them names. It's not – I'm not saying that people are vile. Like it's everyone, funny. Some, yeah, no,
1: no. The, the, the funny thing about the difference between her Instagram comments and the Twitter comments is the Twitter comments are way harsher all, there's a lot more love for her on Instagram.
0: Well, it's it's still it's it's all pretty it's all pretty you it know pretty yeah. nasty stuff and and yeah. look I I I think everyone knows how I feel about social media I think it's diabolical and we do and the companies do absolutely nothing to to stop this and I think I think that it doesn't whether you're even if you're calling Trump names or 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 Hillary Clinton or whatever it just doesn't do anything to help push the narrative forward in any way it's just it's just. It's just nonsense. But the one thing I will say is that that when you experience that stuff, you don't look at it. it, it it's it's just – you just don't look. It's the thing I learned at the New York Times 15 years ago. I remember the first time I got ridiculed in the comments and a, a colleague came over and he said, never read the comments. Never read the at replies. It's just – there's nothing mm-hmm. to be gained from it. And and so I, I imagine that they don't actually see what people really think because they probably don't read the comments. Um, if you did, you would want to shoot yourself. Uh, and so they probably do live in this, this alternate universe where they just think that, that they're wonderful. and that uh, They do you know, maybe read, they read
1: what people write about them.
0: That's they so bizarre to me do. that they do. And, and I will they, tell you,
1: I know that firsthand because I know that they have reactions they, to things. I've written about them.
0: What have they said about the book that you wrote?
1: Um, I don't think that that they were pleased. I don't think that they were particularly happy, and there was definitely a, uh, a freezing out period after I wrote the book.
0: Hmm.
1: So, I, and it's not just the book. I mean, I've been covering them for I've been covering Ivanka for three years, and I know for a fact there have been reactions to things that I've written. So, it's not that they don't. They tune everything out. Like, yes, is she, is she sitting there going through every comment on social media? No. But she's definitely aware and he's definitely aware of things that are written about them. And, and plus, it's not just things that are written about them. It's, it's things that people in their social orbit say about them, too. Like, they care very much about that. They, they go through a constant culling of people who they feel like are loyal to them or not loyal to them. And so they, it's not not people who don't care what people think about
0: them. Well, they're, they're insane then. So if they're listening to this podcast (laughs) still, I just want you to know you're insane. Um, Ivanka and Jared. Anyway, uh, all right. So we have to talk about one more person before we let you go. Uh, this is a person I am clearly torn about whether they, that I should feel sorry for them or I shouldn't. Uh, And I'm fascinated by what must be going on in their head. Uh, The one, the only Mrs. Trump, Melania. So if you're Melania and you've been watching the news as of late or have actually opened up your bedroom door and left your room, uh, you know that your husband has been... Cheating on you, um, has potentially has an illegitimate child who works for Vanity Fair and is from England, uh, and who, uh, no, in all seriousness, who, and and that you, that it is clear that that the just in the last couple of years that things happened that he was paying people off and things like that. What is going like? What's happening in the East Wing? Do they, do they not care? Do they care? Is, the, is she going to leave him? Could could she be the one that ends up eventually turning on him? I mean, what what's going on with this?
1: Well, a couple of things. You have to understand, she I from everyone who knows her, I know it's a couple very closely. I have talked to you, everyone's consensus is she's not going to leave him. The reasons vary. Some people say that they actually get along. So people say she actually likes them. Uh, The the most common reason that I hear is that she has no financial ability to do so, that she is Hmm. hamstrung by the fact that, you know, this is his third marriage. And so his third prenup and it's pretty ironclad and she has a young son to worry about. And that that is a a major reason for her staying. Uh, She also uh, she has an NDA, all of his his wives have had NDAs. And so she's not like she can leave and write a book. It's not like she can leave and do a tell all that's going to make her millions and millions of dollars as much as we'd all want that. I would die for that, but we'll never see that because she has this NDA. And so I think what you see sometimes is like a subtle warfare going on. You know, she, she's now planning this trip to Africa, which in countries that her husband called, can I say shithole countries? on this podcast you, you, can i you, say that you
0: already cursed okay. you've already cursed okay, a couple of times so sorry just uh, keep, keep the shits coming as I say on
1: cable news um so you know there there are little things like that and she'll she'll give statements about um you know people on the the, the border crisis where she actually came forward and said uh this is something that we we really need to address uh she said uh she made a comment about LeBron James when the president disparaged him uh, after he gave an interview to Don and disparaging the president. And so there are little subtle things that she does to go against her husband, and it really bothers the husband. She knows his number, and she knows what's going to bother him. And so you see that going on, and I think that that's as much as she's capable of doing right now. I, I don't think she's going to be the one to bring this all down as much as I would love that. It would be great reality TV twist to all of this. She knew who she married. She knew the man she married. She watched. She knew who he was. She saw how he operated in his previous two marriages. It doesn't seem like he kept his dalliances with other women particularly secret. Is it humiliating for her to watch this play out on a an international stage? I can't even imagine. It's one thing if you're a guy in New York you know, somewhat of a celebrity who's messing around and his wife and she knows about it, or maybe it's in the tablet, but that's, that's bad. It's a horrible way to live, but that is kind of what you sign up for. I don't think that she, in any sense of, of her life, thought that this would be the way it played out. And so I'm sure it is humiliating for her to watch and horrible for her to live through. And it is my sense that she is kind of stuck in the situation.
0: Ah uh, well, we will see how it does play out. All right. So, last couple of questions, and then we'll let you get yeah. back to your reporting. Um, uh, if we're, I'm gonna, we're gonna play the 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 game of I'm gonna say the name, and you're gonna say if they go to jail, if they, uh, what happens to them uh, in in the, like the next year or so. Um, okay. Let's start with Donnie Jr., my favorite.
1: I think Don Jr. is facing some trouble here. I think he's he's in the most grim situation of everybody. Do you think he gets that? I don't know. Have you like he's he's in love right now?
0: I know he just seems like he's he just is like walking around the world like he's he's like the biggest coolest person ever. It's sort uh, it of
1: like the Titanic, you know. It's like he's dancing as the Titanic's thinking that that's what it looks like to me. But, but I don't know. All these people can do themselves of crazy things. You're just talking about Jared and Ivanka. They have the same weird ability to detach themselves from reality and he seems very happy with his new girlfriend and it seems like that's where he's choosing to put his energy right now and whatever is coming down the road for him will come down for the road for him
0: um so so a year from now you think he's you think he's indicted or you think he's on the verge of it or do you think he's in jail I think a year or? From now
1: if he's going to get indicted he will have been indicted I don't think he will already have been in jail if he is indicted, but it seems like there's – it's unlikely nothing will happen to him.
0: Hmm. Great. Good to hear. All right, what about Eric? We haven't heard about Eric for a while. Is he just plodding along, running the family business and waiting for everyone to fall so he can take over – and Wouldn't the that next be a great or... ending
1: for Eric, that he's like the only one spared ever? The guy who everyone makes fun of as the dumb child is actually the one who stays out of trouble. Him and Tiffany, they're like the ones who
0: <laughs> are unscathed by all this. It would just be a great little plot <laughs> for them. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like that idea. But he Eric doesn't seem like he's so bad. He's the best one. Yeah,
1: and like and and from, can, from all my reporting on them everyone says that he's the smartest the most capable and uh, the nicest of, of all of them
0: and, so. and and there's nothing there's nothing that's gonna he there's nothing that's gonna come down the pike that's gonna affect him right he didn't meet with think Russians so. I don't mean,
1: some of the some of the uh, philanthropy stuff uh, some things with the business could could come back to him. I don't think that's like an individual thing. I think that because he was part of them as a member of that family and a member of the business and as a member of the charity, things could come back to hurt him. But it's not like it's not
0: like Don Jr.
1: or Jared where they individually he individually did something that was illegal.
0: Got it. Okay. And Tiffany just is like often some like Living her life. some rave. She's, she's in law yeah, school. She's she's in she spent law school the summer and...
1: with Lindsay Lohan at her hotel in Mykonos and it's just everything you need to know. Yeah. Great.
0: Wonderful. She's mm-hmm. actually quite fun to follow on Instagram. Cause it's like, she's like, she's like living on, she's like Trump. Who? What? I, I'm just having it's a good great. time over here. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it could not happen to a better person. Right. Exactly. Okay. So Michael Cohen, a year from now.
1: He's likely in prison.
0: Wow. That's crazy. He gets sentenced. Paul in Manafort. 12, so. He gets Paul sentenced Manafort, when?
1: Sorry. Michael gets sentenced in December. Paul Manafort is definitely in prison, a
0: year from now. And dis I mean, I guess Paul, Paul Manafort he gets Uh Well, unless he gets pardoned, but then he probably gets charged with a state crime from Underwood. Yeah, but exactly. So it is I think he's just- in prison too. Does Paul Manafort, is he nervous? Is he kind of upset? Or is he, is he kind of like, whatever, I'm going to be out of here at some point?
1: I, I mean, I, you have to be nervous, right? There was a report early this week that his, his lawyers tried to cut a deal on the second trial. So obviously he's not feeling too good right now. But the alternative for him could be worse. I mean, he, when you have ties like that to the Russian mob, you're not flipping. Because what no. happens is then the Russian mob gets you. So I'd rather be in the safety of a federal prison than in the wild, wild west waiting for what
0: the Russian mob could do to me or my family. It, it's so, this is the part that's so insane to me. If this was Hillary Clinton and it was like, you know,
1: <laughs> you her campaign
0: manager, people would be like, we should. The Republicans would be like, "We should get rid of the Democratic Party." Period. The people who are Democrats should not be allowed to listen, to live in this country. And yet, Paul Manafort, who was Trump's campaign manager, is going to prison, and his lawyer is going to probably go into prison. And we're just like, "Well, you know, he'll probably go to prison." And it's like, maybe he'll get a pardon. Maybe he'll like, get a pardon. It's insane. This whole
1: thing it's is insane. absolutely insane. And and the fact that we have. They were even having a conversation like this, where we're pointing out that it's insane. It feels like it's normalizing it. Yeah. It's
0: well, smile. it's what's so interesting is is I still haven't gotten to the point where I've normalized Trump as president. Like I, the other day, I had this no. moment where I saw a picture of him getting off Air Force One or the helicopter or the Marine One, and and i was like it was one of those moments where I, I was like oh my god he's he's president is that real and yeah. mm-hmm. I, I don't have them as much as i used to but it's still the whole thing the entire fucking thing is insane all of it uh I'm glad and it's not CFL this is not, not me. that's the second time that i've used it uh um the the uh the thing that's the thing that i think people don't understand is that for a lot of people that are not Republicans? They think it's because he's a Republican. It has nothing to do with he, with him being a Republican. If 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 Michael Mike Pence was was president, I would think that's pretty. I think it sucks because I think he's like a not a true honest human being. But, but who the hell is in in politics? But I wouldn't be walking around like, oh my god, I can't believe Mike Pence is president. But it's the fact that Trump is the biggest charlatan that's ever walked. The face of America, and that's the thing that's insane.
1: Well, to because Trump isn't a pro- Republican
0: It's not about I know. being a Republican
1: because Trump isn't a Republican. It's about him being unfit for the office of presidency. Mike Pence, I don't yeah. agree with a lot of the positions he has, right? And yeah. I, I think that that he is a more extreme member of the Republican Party.
0: but yeah.
1: I think he's probably fit for the office. I think if, if you could has, pick between
0: if, if you could pick if you could pick between Trump and Pence would you take Pence? Yes. Huh. Would you? I think I would too because I just as as I you know as much as I think he I just don't think that you can do more damage to this country than than Donald Trump has. I don't think that anyone is capable of doing that. Um,
1: yeah, and, I don't think he's uh, going to be subverting the rule of law, Mike Pence. I, yeah. I don't think that he's going to be calling the media the enemy of the state. I don't think that he's going to be humiliating members of his own cabinet uh, and, yeah. and and going on foreign soil soil and um, you know calling things fake news and insulting prime ministers as he's in his own country to members of their own media i just don't think that that is something that the president pence would do
0: i completely agree with you all right so last two people um let's let's do it it's mike pence and uh donald trump w- where are they a year from now is mike pence president
1: well i think it's very midterm dependent if you want my real, honest assessment of what I think is going to happen in a year from now, I think that Donald Trump's still going to be president. I think Mike Pence
0: is still going to be waiting in the wings. And do you think that That's Donald really Trump think. is still going to be president, actually accomplishing things? But or is it going to be no. him? I think. Him at I war. think
1: what we see from the Trump presidency is what we what we will get. I don't think that it's no. ever going to change with with a president Trump in office. I just won't. I think that no. this is this is who he is. He's 71, 72 years old. you think he's
0: going to change now? No, I don't think he's going to change, but I, I do think that there is a world in which Nixon didn't get a lot done when he was about to see the end of his presidency, um, and I just wonder if there's a world where the same thing happens, uh, um, and I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in the Democratic Party to be able to, to pull it all off. I think it's much more whether those few voters that, that have the urge to go out and actually vote are the ones that... The vote Democrat. I'm with you. I'm fully with you. All right, can we can we end on a happy note? Is there anything good that we can end on, or is this just it? Oh,
1: that's good. Um, I mean, I'm excited. The World Cup is coming here in 2026. It's in LA, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it'll be really great when. uh,
1: I'm confusing the two
0: sporting events. Um, all right, well, I appreciate you taking the time coming on the show today. This has been fantastic and informative, as always. Uh, I know you have some big stories coming up that people should keep an eye out for on the Vanity Fair website. Uh, and um, anything else that we should know about you, Emily Jane Fox, or...
1: I'm just very excited to be back with you. It's such a It's a highlight.
0: It's a highlight. It is a highlight. It's a highlight for listeners. People were tweeting. They were saying, when's Emily coming on to talk about Cohen? So uh so you've got you've got a couple you've got you've got some fans out there it was just probably (laughs) but still you've got a fan out there um thank you so much for taking the time yeah uh thanks for taking the time to come on today i really appreciate it thank
1: you for having me
0: Thanks to my guest this week, Emily Jane Fox. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Inside the Hive with Nick Bilton. That's me. There are fascinating, fascinating interviews we've done in the past with lots of amazing, truly smart, smart people, way smarter than me. You can find these, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Go scroll through the archives and listen to some other folks we've spoken to. And don't forget to leave a review on any of those websites while you're there. Please, a nice review would be wonderful. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work, to my editors of Vanity Fair, and thanks most of all to my sponsors, Fleur, Mattress Firm, and Vitamin Water. Please support them the same way you support this podcast. I will see you all next week.